millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. everyone you're listening to red pill 78 as always my name is zach Payne, the corruption detector and this is another edition of red pill news for friday night live stream joining me in the studio tonight is a guest that will be joining us for the very first time her name is jennifer guskin And she is a survivor of satanic ritual abuse and child trafficking. Jennifer was adopted as an infant by a couple who then went on to sell her throughout her childhood. Now, as is often the case in situations of ritual abuse and traumatic events, Jennifer's memories are scattered, they're fragmented, and she's been gradually piecing them together over the last several years. Now, the one thing I can tell you is that no matter what happened to Jennifer, when she started speaking out, it was quite clear that someone or something did not want her to continue speaking out. So if you guys would not mind, please hit the like button, hit the share if you would. If you got the foxhole pulled up, then hit the red pill. And let's get Jennifer's story out there. All right, before we get into Jennifer's story, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of tonight's program. Told you about them yesterday, but this is a story from another survivor. This is the book entitled Blessed. Reclaiming My Life from the Horrors of Ritual Abuse. It's a tragic story by a woman named Rosie Damore. It's a powerful book. Uh, Much like Jennifer's story, it details a firsthand account from a victim directly. 
And as you know from these types of stories, it's not often that the people who are victims of ritual abuse or child trafficking are even able to tell their stories because the ones who do make it out oftentimes are so fragmented, they're so broken. Uh, And then on top of that, uh, they often find people questioning their stories or they have people out there who want to destroy them and to shut their stories down to uh, make it so that nobody will find out about what happened to them. But the people who are able to make it out and are able to successfully recapture their life, they find a strength in doing so, a sort of catharsis in being able to tell their stories. Now, Rosie, I had wanted to have on the program uh, for her own show for an interview, uh, but it's quite clear that she has essentially exhausted all of her courage and energy in being able to put this stuff down on paper. She simply cannot relive the horrors of it again. So a fair warning to anybody who purchases the book, uh, this is not a bedtime story. We're talking about the types of horrors that are so severe, they cause uh, people to fragment, uh, to dissociate. It's also extremely heartbreaking because uh, much as in Jennifer's case, we're talking about parents who abuse their children in a terrible, terrible way. Uh, and then, of course, also uh, you have the issues of counselors who are taking advantage of the, the problem and probably are working together with those who want to shut people like Rosie and people like Jennifer down. So if you guys want to go check out this book, Blessed, you can find the link to it in the description of this video. It's probably going to make you cry. It's probably going to make you think very deeply about what's happening in America. If you're a person who wants to raise awareness about child trafficking and satanic ritual abuse, you need to read this book. And if you know somebody who thinks that pedophilia uh, is a victimless crime or, or perhaps uh, that it just doesn't happen in America, like we know that it happens, then maybe you might want to buy them a copy as well. So this book is very, very good. It's a great read, and you can get it at a special low price right now. The first 1,000 viewers of Red Pill 78 that purchase this book are going to get that price by going to the link in the description below. After those first 1,000 purchasers, the price will go up. So get this book if you want to read the account of one victim's journey from healing through unimaginable horror, and you can pick it up right now at the link in the description. And without further ado, please join me in welcome our guest for this evening, Miss Jennifer Guskin. Jennifer, how are you? As well as can be expected, I suppose. How about you? Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm hanging in there. I think it's a, it's a difficult time for everyone right now. But obviously, the situation, your story that we're talking about tonight, there is a, a particular trauma and, and, and horror that comes with it. And so I just wanted to thank you, first of all, for your courage, for coming out and trying to raise awareness about this. And then second, for also reaching out to me so that we can get your story out to the audience and continue to try to get the help that you need. Because it's not just about what's happened to you. It's also about what is currently happening to you. So, Jennifer, if if you you would uh, we had talked about this before, and, and you said that uh, your your memories are kind of scattered, things are, are all over the place, and you're piecing things together. Can you take us back to your earliest memories so that we can see where this all really started and uh, and and kind of move through it as to where we are today? Um, in regards to oh. Yes, um, pretty much some of my earlier memories um, are 
being boated off um, to islands off of Long Island where I was experimented on. Um, I have memories of being brought to parties where um, people were blackmailed, were forced into doing terrible things uh, to children while being filmed. Um, I think one of the strongest memories that I have that I think they've tried to suppress is the um, being boated off to the islands. That's been, um, I think, some of the more difficult uh, stuff to deal with. So is, is that that's where you grew up was in the New York area? Yes, I was, uh, to what I was told, um, I was born and raised, I, I was born on Long Island, raised, um, in New York. I did live a year in, uh, in London, um, went back, lived in New York again most of my life. And what, what do your parents do? Uh, what was it that they were involved in that they would bring you into something like this? Um, there, there's, you know, what I was told in my understanding of things. Um, growing up, I understood that my mother's side of the family came over to the United States uh, via Operation Paperclip. Okay. Um, what a lot of people don't know or realize is that um, the Germans, yes, they did kill a lot of people, but they also kept people um, that they thought could be valuable to whatever their plans were that, you know, that person could suit and from what I understood growing up, my family, uh, my mother's family, who was Jewish, were brought over uh, via Operation Paperclip. Okay. Um, my father, from what I understood, worked for, or my father's side of the family worked for the uh, CIA to different degrees. Um, and my father also worked for um, a company, McKinsey and Company. Okay. I'm definitely familiar with McKinsey. Um, so... When you were a child and you're growing up in this adopted family, um, these people that you're that you're describing right now, is that your birth parents or are these your adopted parents? Correct. Um, I my birth parent situation is complicated. Um, I was introduced to people who I was told are my birth parents. However, no DNA testing was done. And due to my history, I very much question everything I was told. Do you have any sort of documentation, like, like detailing if your adoption was actually legalized or formalized in any way? Um, in, in regards to my adoption process, from what I was told, um, I was uh, delivered by a particular doctor. My adoption was arranged by my uncle, who was close with the doctor who delivered me. Um, my uncle is a pedi- was a pediatrician at the time. And um, the birth certificate says my adoptive parents' names on it and all that kind of stuff. However, um, a number of years later, I found another document that I believe to have been my real birth certificate. When I brought it to the attention of my family, I um, was shipped off somewhere for a number of 
Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com. Fighterflare.com. A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com now. Best performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. ...weeks until I forgot about it. Do you mean to like 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 a boarding school or something like that? I mean, what where exactly was that? I don't remember exactly where. I believe where I believe it was is I believe it was somewhere in Washington State. Okay, I'm unsure of whether it was um, particularly school set up or more militarized, um, but I, I believe. I, I don't think it was a school setup. I believe it was more militarized. Okay. And, and how old were you at that time? Oh, gosh. Um, this was perhaps fourth or fifth grade. Okay. So you're maybe eight, nine years old, something like that? Fairly young, under Probably, 10. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and when they shipped you off 
to this, you know, th- this facility. We'll just call it a facility. Um, do you have any clear memories of what happened to you there or, or, or what they said to you when you were going there, what they said while you were there? Um, at this particular facility, I just remember meeting um, a couple of other children like myself that I became um, fairly fond with. Um, I don't. I remember telling them that I knew why I was there, that I, I, you know, found this document and all that kind of stuff, and they were trying to make me forget it. Um, and but other than that, I don't have remember. I don't have um, memories of, of explicit events at this place, other than these these children. Okay. And by the time you were, you know, fourth or fifth grade and and you're looking through these papers, what was your understanding of your life? I mean, had you been put through ritualistic abuse that was meant to disassociate you by that point? Was this an ongoing thing that had been happening since you were very young? Or was this something that began to happen at a certain time? As far as I know, it was going on my entire life. Um, I didn't know what was going on was wrong until I saw an episode of Law and Order. And I ended up asking my parents, you know, why is this person getting arrested for, you know, what was essentially done to me, you know, a few nights ago. And it was at that point that I started realizing that what was going on was was wrong. And um, but I don't know whether I whether that memory of the conversation about law and order was intentionally compartmentalized or whether I just forgot it on my own. Okay. And how how old were you when you saw that and had that conversation? Most of what I remember at this point is before the age of 10. Okay. So, so still it, was, it was fairly young. Fairly young. Okay. And how, how did your parents react to that when you brought that up? I mean, I, I would imagine that would be a, a, a jarring realization for them. Like, oh, my God, she's under she has the comprehension of what's going on. I don't think so, because I think that probably at the time they felt that it would have been easy to compartmentalize. It was just like an easy, casual conversation that that, you know, just was, they just gave me an answer and we moved on from it type of thing. It wasn't at least I, I didn't feel like it was something that alarmed them or anything to any degree. Really? OK. All right. So do you remember you mentioned this uh, uh, island off New York? Um, do you have any other concrete memories of specific places that you would often go to or that you would often be taken to that you put together with the uh, disassociation and, and the ritualistic abuse? Um, there, well, there were various places I was I was brought to, but there was one place I was brought to fairly consistently it was a friend's house. Um, I was brought to this particular friend's house, and, and his house was. Um, how do I explain it? Um, I would be brought to his house as a precursor to then being brought to another location. So, um, so when I remember some memories, I will remember them from the the precursor location, and then sometimes I'll remember aspects of the memory itself at the precursor location. So, for example, I was at this friend's house, and I remember going down to this friend's basement, and in the memory when I go down to the friend's basement, I am brought to a room where myself and about a dozen or so other children are locked up for a, a number of days. I think it was a couple of weeks. And I know it wasn't this friend's basement, 
But when I have the memory of that particular incident, it, it I come downstairs through that friend's basement, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, so w- what was it, do you think, that your parents were involved in? Why, why was this happening to you? My dad, I, I know, was um, very much in charge of things. He... Um, he was arranging, at one point, he was arranging the adoptions of children from Haiti. Um, I know he was running an adoption agency for a while. Okay. Um, he, once again, there was what I was told and what probably happened. There was at one point he was locked up for embezzlement from McKinsey & Company. Um, however, I believe that that um, was a pled, de- pled down situation. I believe that was much worse than it actually was. Um, and when he got out from jail, he ended up uh, becoming a process server. Okay. And um, he did landscaping for a little while and then did process serving. And how about your adopted mom? What what was her role? What was she doing? From what I understood, she did um, medical medical billing or medical accounting, some, something like that. Okay. okay. She worked for, for a while. She worked for a company called uh, Staff Builders, which then became a tender loving care or something like that and where are your parents today do you still speak to them in any respect um that's funny um my dad has uh left the country he is now in ecuador um my mom yeah (laughs) i don't know if there's extradition with ecuador but and i'm sorry did you said that you're in london or or were you just no 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 i Okay. I was there for a year, about okay. six months old. I was moved out there for a year. Okay, okay. But, and so I'm assuming you're it's somewhere in the United States. I don't need you to yes. tell us specifically where, because I can see if you wouldn't want to. But all right, so so you're in the United States. Your father has fled or traveled to Ecuador, and he's persona... Moved permanently. Moved permanently. Okay, so he's now an expat. Was uh, Were both of your parents U.S. citizens, or did they have any dual citizenship or anything that you knew about? And not that I know of, as far as I know, they're both U.S. citizens solely, but I could be wrong. Okay, but so your but you, but your birth parents likely have U.K. citizenship. Did they? Did, no, no, I, I I don't know anything. From what I was told, my birth parents were supposedly um, from from the United States. Okay, I was told that they were both from Texas, um, but other than that. I don't know much. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Sorry. I just want to draw all of the narrative threads that I can. And, and and your mother, where is she today? I am in contact with her. She, you know, she's not in contact with my father anymore. Um, she seems to want to not want any part of that type of situation or or stuff anymore do you, and i'm we sorry do you, do you mean just confronting the abuse or she wants to dis does she want to distance herself from the abuse did you get the feeling that she was just doing what he wanted or was it mutual between she, the two of them she was very much she was very much abused she did what she was told um she was afraid to confront him um she has a lot of regrets about things that happened in the way that they happened um, we don't go into detail about the abuse, um, but she she's admitted that, that things were very, very, very messed up and that she wishes things were done differently. Okay, okay. Well, I suppose that's, that's a start. I mean, obviously, in a situation like this, somebody who has some level of culpability, I, I mean, just admitting that it happened, that puts them in legal jeopardy. I mean, do you have 
Do you have any desire to see your your mom or your dad prosecuted for anything that happened? Do you think that's even a possibility? Because New York specifically, they've they just recently opened it up for civil cases. I know that probably criminally, it's it's not possible. Well, from what I understand, um, my father is out importing uh, bananas, plantains, fruit. He's importing and exporting um, stuff from Ecuador. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's up to some of his same old tricks. Yeah. If he is, I would love, I would love to see charges brought against him. You know, if, if, like I mentioned before, there is a tremendous blackmail aspect to things. And um, I've seen people, you know, do the deed with a smile on their face because they knew their fortunes would be improving. And I've seen people do the deed with a tear in their eye because they didn't want to hurt the child. And, I think that the people who didn't want to hurt the child should not be held to the same account as the people who have been forcing us to do these, be in these kinds of situations. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I'm going to preach that to others, I need to practice that at home. And if my mom is showing remorse and trying to do what she can to, to make up for the past, then, you know, if she's willing to do something, then awesome. But you know, the people that are still doing these horrible things and perpetuating it and covering it up, there's only so much that can be done to help them. Oh, yeah. No, I I feel exactly the same way. And I, I know exactly what you mean, too. I mean, it's a very delicate balance, that situation. Like, when you are, an, uh, when you are abused and then you are forced to become an abuser, I, I mean, like... Be, obviously, you wouldn't be there in that situation if it wasn't for the fact that something terrible had happened to you and your mind had been so messed up to, into thinking that this is the only way to live. I, I think about the um, uh, the Boys Town case uh, with uh, Paul Benassi. The, he, he was a, a young boy who had been kidnapped and raised in a, a pedophile grooming gang, and they would groom kids, and by the time he grew up, they would use him to go essentially lure in other young boys, you know, and like he obviously felt terrible about it. But I mean, at a certain point, you know, he was an adult and he was engaging in this stuff. And so he ended up going to prison. But, you know, I mean, it's hard not to see something like that and and recognize the the tragedy that's inherent in the situation. Um, When did when did all of this really start to kind of come to the surface for you? I mean, what, when was it that you first began to confront it? Um, I had been having what I thought were random daydreams for I don't know how long. Um, but when I realized that they weren't daydreams was actually when the uh, WikiLeaks files came out. And I put together that, holy crap, th- these aren't just random flips coming through my head, but these are actual events and locations and and I started piecing it together, and I realized that in on October twenty third, twenty seventeen, I made a post on Facebook um, talking about unlimited information I remembered at the time, and um, that, that I guess that was that. What What was the response from your friends, from people in your life? I mean, how did they react to that? I was really shocked at how supportive people were. I, I was really surprised. I didn't. I, I did it in a fairly private group. It wasn't a big public group, but it, it was a big. It was a very. It was a good group, 
and of course Facebook had to destroy it. But yeah. um, I and I never would have thought that people would have been that supportive and, and would have been willing to listen. And I, I, I still don't, you know, to this day, it's still very difficult to process the way that people have reached out and how compassionate people have been. It's that's beautiful. I'm I'm really glad to hear that because um you know, right around that same time on this is like one of the last times I po- I posted anything on Facebook. I I posted that declassified FBI document about the signs and symbols of pedophilia that are frequently used in their secret communications. And I I didn't say much about it other than, you know, this was recently released, you know, keep an eye out. I knew I had a lot of people that I knew that I grew up with who had children of their own. I'm a father. And I was shocked at the attacks that came my way, people just calling me a, a kook, a crazy conspiracy theorist. And you know, this was even before Pizzagate had erupted. And uh, people were were vile. And uh, I, I, I just couldn't believe that it was impossible for people to understand that I wasn't making these claims. It was the FBI that was releasing information so that people could keep their children safe. And it, it you know, it was one of, like I said, it was one of the last times that I posted. And I just, uh, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that it wasn't uh, a series of attacks that came out initially. Um, real quick, Andre over on Rumble says, uh, Jennifer, I'm so sorry for what happened. It's not fair and it's evil. Thank you for opening up and sharing your story with us. And Zach, I hope you're doing well. Much love to the both of you. I am doing well, Andre, and much love to you as well, my friend. So once you posted this, uh, once you started to confront it and kind of put these things together, what was the, the, the process? I mean, did you did you just simply go through therapy? Did you uh, try to track things down yourself in person? Was there an attempt to identify people that you remembered? At that point, I was just trying to piece things together. Um, I was trying to talk about what I knew, um, trying to be public, answer the questions that I had. Um, at that point, I was ten, nine, ten months pregnant. Um, so I was focusing on, you know, trying to do what was right by by not just my daughter, but by by every child that that you know that was coming into this world and would potentially have to deal with a threat like like you know what happened to me growing up. Mm-hmm. So is is that why it was so important for you to to come forward and and say something? Yes. It was because I knew that, you know, what happened to me, the WikiLeaks leak showed me that what I was remembering wasn't exclusive to myself, that it was much bigger, it was much, there was much more going on there, I was involved in, you know, a lot of people, and in my mind, if I stay silent, I am complicit, and I can't go through my life remembering the things that I do knowing that there are people that are fighting to expose this and to just stay silent and not try and help. Right. Yeah. So you, you mentioned uh, a, a blackmail aspect to this, and I think that that's uh, something that, you know, we highlight quite often. I mean, obviously, the abuse of a child uh, is something that you can use to gain leverage over people. And then obviously, there's some sick 
pedophiles out there who need access to children, and so they've been granted it by people with the ability to provide them. Uh, do you do you remember anyone in particular uh, that you know that that you can identify that was either blackmailed or was used by you, or that you were used to provide leverage on somebody? Um. I don't remember specific instances where I was the child that was being used for blackmail, but I have, I do have instances of where I specifically remember them blackmailing people or precursors to blackmailing people where they would go up to somebody on the street, drag them off the street, and then bring them somewhere to then be blackmailed. Okay. And do, do you think that your father was part of, I mean, he's working at McKinsey. Uh, he has ties to the CIA. Do you think your father was actively employed by the United States government in some capacity when you were growing up? Now, knowing what knowing what I supposedly know about my father now, considering how much he's been able to get away with and how much he's been able to do and how easy how easy it was for him to be able to get out of the country, at this point, yes, I I, I don't. I, I have more doubts to him being a normal citizen than I do to him being some kind of federal, um, whether it's directly with the federal government or some kind of federal contractor that, that they use. When you were a young child and you mentioned this to your parents, did, did you ever try to talk to any other adults about this or did you have any conversations with your friends like, hey, you know, this is happening to me. I want to know if you guys are experiencing the same kind of thing, anything like that? Um, when I was a child, there was one instance that, and I believe these are directly tied together, I'm not 100% sure, but there was one instance where I was being um, raped, and the person who was violating me wasn't getting the reaction they wanted, so they kicked me across the room. And um, I believe that one of my friend's parents um, at the time saw the bruise on my chest and contacted the authorities. And the authorities um, came to me, spoke to me, they asked me about it. Um, they asked me what was going on, and I told them. I don't remember exactly in what detail I told them, but um, they asked me, you know, can you name them? And I said, well, I don't know their names because they use code names. They use, you know, fake names when we're, when they're when we're at parties and stuff like that. But if you turn on a TV for a little bit, I can probably point out some of them for you on TV. And they're like, no, 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 we need the names. We need their names. I, I can show you, just put on the TV and I can show you. And they wanted nothing to do with it. Right. So did they end up talking to your parents uh, at this time? Or was this like a conversation that you had at school or something? This was a conversation I had it might have been at school. I'm not exactly sure where it was with. It was with law enforcement. I don't know if they ever actually spoke to my parents. Um, but during this time period, I was receiving, I was getting therapy three times a week. Um, there was also a time period where I was seeing a psychiatrist once a month. So I was definitely getting my mind messed with a lot. And do do you know if the therapy was <clears throat> did that was that through school was that like a private therapist that like your parents had set up or what what was the situation with that? 
I believe that was private. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it was private. Okay. And uh, have you looked into that doctor today to see perhaps what connections they might have or, you know, what trajectory their career might have taken? I have not looked into the therapist herself, but the psychiatrist is unfortunately still alive and still practicing. Um, and he works with children to this day. So, um, and yeah. did did they medicate you as a child? Very much so. Yeah. Very, what? very much so. I was very heavily medicated. I was on, at one point, I was in a combination of 15 pills a day. I've been on anything from some Depakote, Zyprexa, Zoloft, Ritalin, Respital, um, a, a ton, a ton. It's crazy how varied the effects of those drugs can be like to go from Ritalin. It's almost like you have to take Ritalin if they've got you on Depakote, because if you're on Depakote, you're essentially just going to be a zombie. Yeah, Yeah, I would imagine that's exactly what they wanted. Um, So how about uh, to this to this day, Jennifer, how are you continuing to process this and to perhaps bring a clearer picture to yourself about what happened? Uh, a lot of meditation, um, ironically, or maybe <laughs> ironically, watching a lot of uh, truth or transparency content, um, that, that helps a lot. Um, meditation is a big aspect, and a lot of just trying to stay calm, breathe through things. Um, there's really not much I can do, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So how would you say this has affected your life to this day? What what are the ongoing and long-lasting effects? I'm terrified to go out. I'm scared of people. Um, I joke around that my boyfriend um, is my emotional support human uh, slash handler because I... Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I always have. I always wonder. Um, so that's also something I have to battle with. I would. I would imagine it would be difficult to trust people in general. Yeah. Only a lot. Yeah. So, do you have any brothers or sisters, or did your parents have any natural-born children? Did they adopt anyone else? They, um, I have one adoptive brother. My parents were unable to have their own children. Okay. And what's your relationship like with him today? Luckily, um, our relationship is significantly better than what it used to be. My dad um, very much liked to cause war in the house. Um, and now that he's out of the picture, um, my brother and I are able to have a healthy relationship. So... And have you spoken to your brother about this? Uh, do you know if he was abused as well? I know he was abused to some degrees. Um, he, unfortunately, um, had a very big problem with accidents when he was uh, younger, around the same age bracket that I was having, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm having my memories with. So mm. I know what that can mean. Yeah. Um, but we haven't explicitly uh, outright had that conversation yet. Okay. Um, however, however, when I told him that my dad was, uh, you know, importing fruits and stuff from uh, Ecuador, his first response is, oh, so he's smuggling people now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A little too, little too on the nose there. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's awful. Um, 
so and and to this day you said that you you're in a relationship you have a child uh, and how old is your child she just turned six that's beautiful that's beautiful and um and but besides the obvious i mean your life today uh what are the effects of this on your life outside of the obvious mental and you know perhaps emotional effects well um when i guess the biggest effect is um when the whole situation with what happened with iris um after i went public um child protective services decided they wanted to open a substance exposed newborn case even though all drug test results came back negative um and they told me that the only thing they wanted from me was to stop posting on social media um i refused to do so so they took my daughter away a few months later and um the there's obviously the the torture that they put their targets through when they take a child yeah. but after they took her i guess the biggest long-term effect other than the feeling like there's an axe to the back of my neck in regards to any decision i make in regards to iris um i have kind of taken that experience and turned it into an, an almost unhealthy need to um expose um, what I believe to be the link between child protective services, the foster and adoption industries, and um, how I believe that they tie into Jeffrey Epstein and his ilk. Absolutely. So that's pretty much been my focus. So, since, so when yeah. you when you started speaking out, this was just shortly after your daughter had been born. Yes. And I I started speaking out in October twenty third, twenty seventeen. Iris was born on December twenty ninth, twenty seventeen. Okay. So they opened their case right after as soon as they could. Yeah, that's that's pretty much immediate. Um, and how did they become aware of your statements online? What was the connection to CPS? Did someone say, hey, you need to look at this woman, or was it something I'm else? not exactly sure how they became aware of my statements online. Um, when I gave birth to my daughter, I was told that it was the law for all new mothers to take a drug test. Mm-hmm. So I took a drug test, and everything came back negative, but CPS said that I tested positive, and they opened their case. Okay. And... How, is CPS still involved in your life? Are they still causing you problems? Well, they are not involved as in them going after me. I currently have a lawsuit going after them, trying to get investigations and uh, a bunch of stuff done so that way this stops happening. And and did you say that they actually did remove her from your care for a period of time? How, how, how long was that? Um. She was out of my care for over five years. Over five years. My God. Okay. So during that time, where was Iris placed? She was placed with her paternal grandparents. Okay. All right. So at the very least, you had the ability to to see her and, and maintain a bond and have a relationship? Unfortunately, the... Uh, Unfortunately, the foster parents did not have any interest in letting me try to maintain my relationship with Iris. Oh um, the foster mother made it a point to try and to try and convince me to kill myself at visits. 
um, eventually when I got copies of the medical records and started trying to show her at visits, she complained to CPS and told them that she wanted visitations cut. So we went from being able to see her every day to once a week for an hour. Um, and then long story, fast forward, um, CPS and everybody was trying to convince me to stop talking. Yeah. I refused to. So um, they convinced Scott to file a police report to have me arrested. Um, so I ended up sitting in this uh, legal limbo called incompetent to stand trial for about a year. It was essentially political prisoner for almost a year and a half. Um, so I wasn't able to see Iris at all during this time. Um, COVID happened. So that was, you know, a blast. Um <laughs> But after I got out, I was in a re residential rehabilitation for a year. But during that time period, I was able to start seeing her again. And unfortunately, before I came back into her life, she was nonverbal, not potty trained. Oh, my God. Um, it, it was it was terrible. It was really bad. And she was grabbing herself in ways that she shouldn't, that looked like she was in pain. Um so luckily that has all changed since she's come home, thank God. But um, I believe that if the foster mother used to make it a point to brag about how close she became to my to my father. So I have about, my concerns about how she was treated. About how close Iris became with your father? No, how close the foster mother became with my father. Okay, and and I'm sorry, you said that the... Is is the foster parents a different set of people than the mater the paternal grandparents that you mentioned initially? No, they are the same, one in the same. Okay. Yes. Okay. And um, okay, so that would be that would be your 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 ex's parents, correct? Your um, I'm I'm still with Scott. That's with Scott's That's Scott. uh, parents. Okay. 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 Mm -hmm. And uh, and so. They, so basically, they stole your daughter from you. What was what was Scott doing during this time? I mean, like, what were they saying to him? And, you know, how did they get him to go along with this? Well, they were, from what I understood, they were saying to him, you know, um, his lawyer was telling him, you know, you need to build a distance from her, send her back, you know, to, to you know, to build a distance from her during the case, you know. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill which may never exist. But believe it or not, I may have found the next best thing. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviewers can't be wrong. Simply place your order now to get 51% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com. www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Send her away. You know, she can come back after you get your daughter back, but you don't want it, you know, you don't want any part of her. You know, um, the CPS was telling him, you know, get her out of the picture. Everybody was trying to get me out of the picture. And I was the only one there with drug test results and blood work and letters of recommendations from therapists. The only one wanting to submit anything to the court. And the only thing they wanted the entire time was for me to shut up. And they said to him, you know, either I don't know exactly what they said, but it was some derivative of, you know, if you don't file this police report, you're never getting your daughter back. And oh, uh, so they, they threatened him to get that on record. Okay. And 
and, and, and I'm sorry, you, I just want to go on record for the audience. You sent me your drug test results earlier in an email. And so we know, and you're categorically saying you were never on drugs. Uh, you were never a danger to your daughter. Uh, you never did anything that would warrant your arrest or certainly your imprisonment for over a year. Um, I mean, it, none of that happened at all. No, no, I, I, like when Iris was born, I was I took the fourth trimester seriously. I ate as organic as I feasibly could. I, you know, tried to. I, I was breastfeeding, and she had a genetic condition that made it difficult for her to gain weight. Her blood work was almost perfect. She was almost perfectly nourished. But the only thing that was wrong was that she wasn't meeting medical standards for her weight numbers, and that was all that CPS was obsessed about. And they they didn't care about anything else. They used that to to argue that you know they, that she was extremely malnourished. But I believe I don't remember if I sent you the blood the blood work from before she was taken until after there was an extreme decline in health. From she was almost perfectly nourished in my care, and there was an extreme decline in health from the day after she was removed from my care. Mm-hmm. So I, it was it was a situation where they just wanted to silence me. They wanted to, and they didn't care what type of harm they're going to cause in the meantime. When did they first tell you to stop posting online? When they opened the case. Oh, so that day. If, if for anybody here who has ever had to deal with CPS before, it's an absolute nightmare. Um, when I was, when my daughter was young, my, um, uh, I, my ex, we were in the process of a divorce and she called CPS and said some BS and I was lucky enough to get CPS out of my life after six or seven months. And that was only by the grace of God because I was doing, you know, everything that I possibly could to prove to them that they didn't need to be there from the beginning. But, they they don't really care about that, do they, Jennifer? They they don't care how good of a parent you are because that's their only job. Their only job is to be there and pester you and your child and at some point maybe take your child away because they're going to get paid based upon uh, each one of those different actions. You know, quite often there is uh, there are, there's this disgusting web of payoffs between the CPS worker, the foster parents, the judges, the lawyers, the court-appointed therapists, all of it. It's it's horrific. Yes. And and unfortunately we got caught up in that web and I believe it was Scott's attorney was the one who advised him to file the police report to have me hospitalized and arrested and and all that excuse me and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, real quick, Fredo Awakening says, uh, "My heart goes out to you, Jennifer. I'm sending a virtual hug. Thank you very much, Fredo." Um, and then let me also over on uh, Pilled uh, and Jennifer. You're also on the Foxhole, aren't you? Yes, yes, yes. So you guys can follow her there as well. Uh, Vader369, thank you very much for the shades. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. And then Filter Dog, thank you for the shades as well. <clears throat> appreciate you guys. Uh, appreciate supporting the show. So when, what, 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 what month and year was it when they put you in, is it in, was it in jail or was it in like a mental health facility? I, it's so odd to think that they could hold you for any length of time without uh, due process. In um, July of 2019, I was arrested and I was placed in Baltimore Detention Center until 
technically the beginning of November of 2019, where I was moved to Spring Grove Psychiatric Facility after being deemed incompetent to stand trial, which, by the way, in the state of Maryland, if um, the people who evaluate you for your competency to stand trial <clears throat> happens to be the same department that runs CPS. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> It's an interesting coincidence. coincidence. Yeah, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. <clears throat> so I was deemed incompetent to stand trial, moved to Spring Grove, a psychiatric facility. Um, after six months, we normally sit there and wait to see if we can be deemed competent to stand trial. Um, we go under another evaluation um, and... If we pass the evaluation, or we, ha- we have another hearing, and if we pass the evaluation or recommend it for release, if we don't pass the evaluation, then we sit for another six months, or if we have an attorney who's good enough to argue to be able to try and get that shortened or to try and get another evaluation or something like that, maybe you can get released earlier. Um, but essentially, it's a legal limbo where you sit in Spring Grove or in a psychiatric facility until you were deemed competent to stand trial by their standards. And, and what were they actually attempting to charge you with? Um, initially, they wanted to try assault in the first degree. Then they dropped it and just did assault in the second degree. And then um, and everything got dropped and put on um, probation before judgment or something like that. Okay, so almost like a like a diversion program. Like you just get probation and then is your record expunged after that or you don't have to have a felony? We'll have to file to have it expunged. Admittedly, I haven't done that yet, but I, I can have it expunged at this point. Okay. And, uh, you know, I would assume that since you're also still with Scott, I mean, uh, obviously you're not a danger to him. You're not a danger to your daughter. You wouldn't have been able to get your daughter back if you were a danger to her. But, you know, um, how does he feel about this, about being used as a pawn and and being the source of you being locked up in in a mental hospital? We have had a lot of conversations about that. He feels that there are a lot of things that he should have done differently. Um, the biggest the biggest contention I've had with him is that he they were able to they were able to divide us. Sure. What I wanted to do from the beginning is I wanted both of us to have the same attorney, be united you know, submit what we had to the court and all that kind of stuff. But he was convinced to get a second attorney whose strategy was to pit us against each other and not submit anything that we had to the court. And at the time when everything happened, he didn't really believe, I don't want to say he didn't believe, but he was having a difficult time believing a lot of the stuff that was going on. This was five years ago. I was arrested weeks before Jeffrey Epstein was arrested, which him killing, killing himself um, in jail was terrifying because at that point I was locked up in the in the medical wing of the jail. So I'm sitting there like, oh my god, you know, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can silence you if they want to. I didn't eat for two weeks because I was terrified they were going to put something in my food. So where does Scott stand today with all of this? Does he support you? I mean, is he you know walking along with you? I don't want to say he's 100% supporting me because any couple, we always have, you know, things that we don't agree on 100%. Lisa drives me crazy sometimes, of course. I get it. (laughs) That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, 
but no, we're definitely on the same page when it comes to where it's important and, you know, we're, we're close enough on the other things where it's important enough. So um, I think that if heaven forbid something does happen again, CPS will have a much more, much harder time trying to drive us apart. Good, good. Now, what about the grandparents? Do you got, have you guys reconciled? I mean, is there any kind of a relationship there? I would think it would be very difficult to maintain anything approaching a relationship after all that. Unfortunately, they don't want to. Um, I've tried reaching out to them multiple times. Um, they are extremely disrespectful and nasty, even in front of our in front of Iris. Mm-hmm. So, um, unfortunately, you know. They're, we've been having to put some boundaries in place, and they're not wanting to respect them. So it's it's a difficult situation, unfortunately, but we're trying to handle it the best we can, given the circumstances. I mean, I, I would imagine it would be difficult uh, in any respect to allow them into the life of you or your daughter. I mean, I, I've been in custody battles are already dirty, you know, and uh, in a situation like this, uh, I can only imagine that there would be at the very least some unspoken tensions and an attempt to divide. Spoken. Well, okay. I, at the very <laughs> least, you know, up to and including. But uh, I mean, you know, or even them, you know, because you know how people are. They're 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 petty. You know, I mean, they 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 backbite without actually saying what they want to say. You know, so I mean, I could see them trying to drive a wedge between you and Iris, and uh, and then pretending like they have no idea what you're talking about. You know, oh, she doesn't act like that when she's with us. So, you know, I can I can see it. I can see it. Unfortunately. All right, um, you guys, we are going to be opening up the phones here. In just a moment, uh, I just need to get the information pulled up. Let me get that pulled up here for you. And uh, if you have any questions for Jennifer or you uh, have any commentary that you'd like to add, uh, I invite you to do so. Uh, Let me get this invitation on screen here. And... Man, okay, there it is. Sorry, I had a hard time seeing that. I need a larger monitor up there because my eyes are just getting worse. <laughs> the older that I get, it's so bad. Okay, and I'm going to drop the call information into the chat. So if you have a phone, if you don't have the Zoom uh, application on your phone or your tablet, you need to dial 646-931-3860, and then you'll enter the meeting ID which is 203-534-1837. If you do have Zoom, then you can just click this link and you can come directly into the call and then you'll be in the waiting room and I'll let you in in just a moment. Let me just remind you that if you are watching the show on your phone or your tablet and that's the same device that you have Zoom installed on and you attempt to call, there's going to be a conflict between the audio on the browser and then the audio on Zoom, so it won't work. So if you're going to, uh, then you want to choose one or the other, maybe have a tablet uh, and your phone or a computer and your phone, something like that, so that you can uh, uh, go ahead and, and still enjoy the show uh, while you're waiting. Uh, so, so what's next for you, Jennifer? I mean, how, how do you see this playing out? Um, and what do you anticipate 
is going to come of all of this besides, you know, the obvious catharsis that may arise from uh, having to confront all of this? Right now, I'm um, working on that lawsuit against CPS and affiliates, um, trying to get investigations, accountability, protections for parents, families reunified. Um, that's where a lot of my um, my effort is right now. Um, but other than that, I'm trying to go through my memories, remember what I can, and I... I'm, I'm playing with the idea of making videos online and, and posting them and making more posts on uh, Substack and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I just kind of post and write about what I feel right. And, um, I just kind of go from there. So my, my main goal at this point is just to get as much as I, as much information as I can out there and see what we can use to make a difference. So before we bring in our first caller, let's talk a little bit about that lawsuit. You had sent me your brief uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I am not a lawyer. I'm not qualified. I don't even know what you're supposed to put in something like that. I mean, obviously, it's your personal story. You, you know, you you laid it all out there. Um, the abuses of CPS, the, the way that you were treated. Um, you know, so I did my best to try to uh, get you in touch with somebody who actually is a lawyer. And I, I don't know if anything's come from that or if you were able to get gain any insight did were you able to uh, to find anything that helped you in terms of that i did speak to him yes and um i have looked at a few things and found a few things so um yeah okay all right well that's good to know it's good to know um is is the, the lawsuit itself is it is it ongoing or is it something that is preliminary so it's been filed and you're in the process of actually in going to court um, we've gone through the first waves of motions to dismiss. Um, unfortunately, because some of the CPS workers are no longer working at CPS, I haven't been able to serve everybody yet. So I can imagine that we're going to go through another wave of motions to dismiss and stuff like that. Okay. CPS filed a motion to dismiss, but they they withdrew their motion to dismiss, hmm. which is a little intriguing. Yeah. So, um, so based, so you know, that's that's. Yeah. So on do you know on what grounds they were hoping to have it dismissed? If I recall correctly, they were going to try and get it dismissed based on statute of limitations and one other um aspect that I don't recall at the moment. Do you know but the statute of limitations? Do, do you know which crime they are saying the statute of limitations has elapsed on? They're just saying they were just saying that the statute of, t- of limitations had elapsed in general. Okay, but luckily, in general, um, the, for most of it is a three-year statute of limitations here in Maryland. So, okay. luckily, their last uh, case that they had was within the three years. So, okay, all right, all right. Well, that's that's good to know. It's almost like if they try to say that the statute of limitations has elapsed, that there's some tacit admission of some sort of guilt, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we might have done this, but it doesn't matter because she can't do anything about it now. Okay. Um, let's see. Freight Awakening says, uh, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Mohap 117. Oh, you, you, Jennifer, you said you watched the show. Do you know what Mohap means? It's Michelle Obama's so. penis. Oh, okay. 
Fredo, that is Fredo's, uh, that's his catchphrase. If, yeah, if there was a catchphrase and Fredo had one, that would be it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, Fredo. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, and then uh, also thank you to Filter Dog One who says, uh, this is horrible. Yes, it, it is horrible. Um, but you know, I mean, I, one of the reasons that I tried to speak to survivors, uh, like Jennifer is so that people can see I mean, this is a horrible thing that happened to you. I mean, it was a series of horrible things. And it would have broken a lot of people, Jennifer. But you're obviously still standing. You know, I mean, you put your family back together. Uh, you're fighting back. And I, I think that celebrating those victories, no matter how small or how, you know, spread out they might be in the, in the, in the greater scope of things, I think that's so vitally important because – People are, we were saying earlier, it's a very difficult time for a lot of people and for different reasons. And I hear people saying that, you know, they're, they're done. You know, I'm fed up. I've had enough. I'm just going to go ahead and cash out here. And uh, and I think about someone like you. I think about the experiences that you've been through and, um, you know, and even some of the some of the shit that I've been through. And, and I think, you know, <laughs> If if that didn't kill me, if that didn't kill you, then I think you I think you're going to be okay. You know, I think that no matter who you are, no matter what you have to go through in life, that's the one thing that unifies us as a human species, I think, is that ever present and guaranteed suffering that you will go through at some point in your life and God puts uh things in your path both good and bad, you have to go through these things. Uh, and although it sounds, you know, maybe trite to some people, oh, p- kids have to suffer, kids have to be abused. They don't necessarily have to be abused, but God puts you on a path for a reason. And you wouldn't be experiencing whatever it was uh, if God didn't want you to go through that experience for one reason or another. And for many people, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's something that, you can use to either provide solace or perhaps education to other people. You can use it to hone yourself, sharpen yourself like a knife so that when you come out on the other side, you're going to slice through those efforts <laughs> if they come at you again. And I think you, 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 even though it's been a difficult situation, I bet you feel probably stronger uh, than you have in the past. That which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've got our first caller on the line. Let me go ahead and bring them in, and we'll get their thoughts. Thank you very much, you guys, for hanging out with us tonight. If you wouldn't mind, please hit the like button. Hit the red pill. Uh, If you're over there on Getter, then you can just tap the screen, and I think a bunch of hearts will show up. And then the same thing can be said over there on X, a.k.a. Twitter. And uh, caller, you're on the air. Is this KC? It is. And Zach, you know, I always hit your like buttons. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, KC. Hey, keep your hand away from your dump button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, you've got that could be taken very several ways. Yes, but. it could. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I want to welcome Jennifer. Uh, I'm just, I'm so happy people are coming out. Um, just in the whole SRA child trafficking, uh, I, I want to say the movement itself 
has underpinnings and truth in the sense of whether it's Bohemian Grove, Epstein Island, facts that people can take to the bank, but there's so many underpinnings and corruptions and bastardizations uh, by whether it's the truther movement or anti-truther, psyops, everything, that you really got to question everything. And this is not accusatory in any way, Jennifer. Um, but I just look at anything that's going to be on the rumbles, the free speech aspects and the platforms is going to get attacked. Uh, and when it comes to, you know, uh, CPS, friend of the court, you're really taken as guilty until proven innocent. So it's a stance that you've got to have, you got to have great lawyers and you got to know that everybody's lying to you about you. Uh, and you have to take that stance and you have to be defensive 100% of the time. You can't slack off because as soon as you do, whether it's Facebook threats, this, that, or whatever, they're going to find that wedge, whether it's between, I don't know, it's, it's got the father of Iris, and they were trying to put a wedge between you and him. Yes, Jennifer, that was definitely their goal. Okay. Um, I just look at it. There's, there's so many underpinnings, like I say, whether it's people going for monetary gain, uh, Zach, I'm sure you've heard about the, the recent Phil Godzlewski, uh, the, the, you know, the basic, uh, the scam that he was pulling, he was trying to monetize, you know, people that want to spread the truth for his own benefit. And it's like something like that. That's finally being exposed. Uh, is my bullshit meter went off real early with him. But, uh, you know, I want to say the whole thing with Trump coming in and stuff getting exposed via the media platforms. Uh, there's a woman named Madison Marquette, former porn star, came out big against the, you know, SRA and the trafficking and everything. But at some point, the bullshit meter goes off because, you know, she's indicting all these, you know, high profile people. I understand she hung around in, you know, porn circles, this, that or whatever. But when she has inconsistencies and stuff that can be traced to be false, it really hurts the whole movement sure. to the sense that there, there are certain people. I, I don't know if you're aware of the Megan Walsh. Uh, Meg, Megan's been John on the show Walsh's. a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. Same thing um, where they're going to pick apart, you know, any underpinning. And she just wants to have her daughter back. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and it just seems so cruel. Um, but then again, you know, what are, what are the underpinnings of, you know, these people? And, and I'm not saying Jennifer has any ulterior motives at all, but it's, it's situations like her. And I, I saw a case not too long ago where there was a false drug test, a bad drug test done on an umbilical cord for this one woman. Mm -hmm. And she's been fighting for like two years. Yep. I mean, two years of this kid's life. You know, they've been in and out of court and, you know, when they were even found wrong, they don't want to have to defend themselves. So it's like these people's lives are in limbo off, off a, a bad test. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a matter of these companies, you know, child protective services, you know, uh, what is it? The Catholic, uh, uh, child services, whatever they start out maybe with very good intentions, 
but they get corrupted to the point where, you know, if we could end it all, it'd be great. They'd have no jobs. Mm -hmm. But I think they get ensconced into these government agencies to the point where you got to make work. It's like yeah. the FBI, you know, they're, they're creating situations that justify them being around. Yep. And the government's really only going to get bigger. So it's a matter of getting all these, you know, private, uh, well-meaning organizations together and say, you know what, we got to really self-audit and stuff because I just look at, and, and you know, obviously the truth movement has a, a big voice, but they have a very narcissistic and envious voice. You know, when the sound of freedom came out, you know, I see these people criticizing, uh, what is it? Carlos Slim for being one of the, the, the benefactors. I'm like, you're going to come at that. That's your angle because Carlos Slim might be shady. Uh, you look at, you know, Jim Caviezel. I heard people criticizing him because part of the role, he watched child porn. It's like, wait a minute. He had to watch child porn. It didn't that contaminate him? Didn't that force him? And it's like, wow, you know, you guys are going to find any excuse to come at, you know, people that are trying to do something good. And if you're starting to scare away the, the people with good intentions, cause they don't want to get wrapped up in it. Mm -hmm. Now you've, you've really kind of, you know, infested the movement and that could be nothing but good for the bad people mm -hmm. because, you know, when good people do nothing, you know, evil exists. It's so, true. Um, and I just, I, I want to go back to the incident you were talking about where I guess you talked to police or whatever. And Jennifer, in the sense that did your family move around a lot? Um, I don't want to get into all the sexual uh, situations you were put in and such, but did your family move around so much that you really couldn't get planted to have friends or, you know, get into any type of serious relationship that you could talk to anybody? In the very beginning of my life, in my younger years, yes, I bounced and forth, bounced back and forth between, um, um, initially I was born, I was, initially it was this little town called Merrick. Then I moved to London for, um, I was six months old, moved to London for a year, came back, lived in Merrick. And bounced back and forth. From what I understand, I bounced back and forth between Woodmere and Merrick a few times until I finally got settled in Merrick again. And then I stayed in Merrick until I grew up and, and moved out on my own. Okay. So Merrick, uh, what state? New York. Oh, okay. But you said you had an incident in, in Maryland or you moved from New York to Maryland? I moved from New York to Maryland. Okay, so most of the sexual assault and all that happened in New York? I, yeah, most of it, yes. Most of it was in New York. I okay. did travel um, other places. I traveled to, um, like, I traveled to Maryland a lot. I traveled to Florida quite a bit. I traveled to California. I've been all across the globe, so what happened to me wasn't just isolated in, the, in, in New York, but I lived in New York, so most of it happened there, but it was definitely all over the place. Um, and in a sense of the other victims, you said you were put in places for weeks at a time with other people. Um, was there any type of similarity in the sense of either markings, tattooings, medical 
uh, procedures. You have your baby now, so they obviously didn't sterilize you. But do you recall any type of similarity between treatments, markings, anything like that? Yes. Um, there were a couple of treatments that I had that I remember when I was a child. Um, when I remember at one point when I was in school, I pulled uh, a microchip out of the back of my hand. Um, I had something put into my right eye. Um, and there was something else I can't remember at the moment, but, um, but yes, I've, I've had, I've had stuff done to me as well. Yes. So it would have been a routine medical, uh, procedure for any of the children that you shared, uh, you know, a hostage captivity in, um, in a sense that it, you probably thought it was a military installation as opposed to a school. Um, and now was that in, you said you were in Washington, but you, is it meant you meant Washington DC or was that in, uh, New York as well? It wasn't a military base that was close to a school. It was, it was a military-esque type of situation instead of a school-esque type of situation. But that was up in Washington state, not DC. That particular scenario was, was state, not DC. Uh, and when were you either released? Did you run away? Because I, I, I can refer to, I don't know if you know Penny Shepard. She's on the Dark Outpost. She's a, a MK Ultra victim as well. Um, they had a use for her in her adulthood. Um, was it a case of you getting out, escaping, uh, or they were just done with you? What was the, the timeline with uh, with that? When I, t well, initially when I turned 18, I, I wanted to move out as soon as I could. When I turned 18, I ended up um, moving out to be with a Marine at the time. Um, and then things ended up not working out. So I ended up moving back in with my parents for a little bit. And then I met Scott online um, a number of, of months later. And then I moved in with Scott. And like I said earlier, you know, I joke around him, I joke around about him either being my emotional support human or my handler, knowing full well that there's a possibility that he could be a handler. So I don't, I don't really know to what degree I actually am out. And judging from the way that they went after my daughter, you know, they, they definitely have some kind of hand somewhere that they're trying to play games with. So. Well, yeah, and obviously you can take solace and be incredibly grateful that they didn't kill you like so many of these other children end up. Uh, they're done with their usefulness, and whether it's the frazzle drip or whatever. I mean, you you, you got to look at all the extremes all the way around that, you know, uh, you're lucky to be alive um, and obviously now have a child, which is great, but I always just go back to the, the, the axiom of hurt people hurt people. And we've got to be able to break the chain somehow. Um, I'm, and I want to say you're, I also, guess, lucky to get. I've, I've heard the okay. hurt people hurt people. I hear that quite a bit. But a lot of people don't think about the other end of that, which is that there are hurt people that have felt pain. And because they have felt pain, they don't want anybody else to feel pain. So they go out of their way to try and make sure that other people don't have to feel the same things they've gone through themselves. Yes, it's certainly not well, like a it. universal people phenomenon. To help people. <laughs> yes. 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 Right. We want like, hurt people to help both, people. 
Yeah. Right. And it can go both ends. There's, of course, you know, hurt people who want other people to feel the pain they felt. Yep. You know, and then there are hurt people who don't want anybody to ever feel pain. So it, it go, certainly can go both ways, yes. Yeah. And I just, I look at it too that, you know, these government institutions, the NGOs and everything, they start out wanting to help people and end up hurting them because of their own, you know, uh, ill advice and or nefarious, uh, uh, they, they've got to do a better job, obviously screening and stuff. And I, I think once you start following the money and hopefully that might be the, the nexus for everything, whether it's, who knows, Bitcoin or whatever, that if you can track the money, you can track the bad guys, whether it's the cartels or whoever, because we're not getting to a better place. We're getting to a state of confusion that you're going to have too many thieves and not enough police to a good police, if you will, you know, uh, to track them down and, and give them their just desserts. So, um, yeah, well, I just want to, I want to wish you the best in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, if you've got either book sales or some sort of uh, funding going on. Um, and like I said, all I can advise is really get good lawyers because it's a, it's a battle of lawfare in the sense that, you know, uh, less said is better in front of any authority because your words will be used against you and twisted like they, like they always do. Um, but as long as you've got the truth on your side, uh, it will set you free. Um, but I, I want to wish you the best in your furtherance of exposure and just, uh, like I say, vet the, the people that want to help you, um, because there's a, there's a lot of shady people out there that, uh, you, you don't have to cloister yourself, but you, you do have to accept the help when it comes, but, uh, just be wary, uh, verify, uh, trust and verify, I guess. So. And I want to wish you the best moving forward. And uh, I want to wish you both uh, the best night. And uh, God bless you. And uh, have a great night, guys. God bless, Casey. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the call. All right. Pardon me. Um, I need to say thank you to Fredo, who said, uh, totally off topic, Zach, but I found a site that sold the Hunter Biden figurines and his tidy whities with the scarf. Not available now, but I sent them an email, fingers crossed. I also tracked down the same website, and uh, I didn't send them an email because it looked like they hadn't had any available for quite some time. But, Fredo, if you hear from them, yes, the answer is yes. You know I definitely want to get one of those. Let me just give you a smile, Jennifer. So, look, I've got I've got a President Trump elf on the shelf over here. Uh, I've also got a talking President Trump doll here. To have a Hunter Biden in his tidy whities that would be amazing. Take a listen. He says 17 different unique phrases. Stay focused. Stay focused. That's great advice, boss. And then I've also got a President Trump mugshot heard around the world. Trading card. That's pretty amazing. Uh, I've got a Trumpinator bobblehead. Now... <laughs> This is not Trump-related, but I would say it might be relevant to our conversation tonight. I've got a They Live Nada figurine, and then, of course, the uh, the alien overlords themselves, because They Live is a documentary. It's my favorite documentary. Okay, uh, we've got our next caller coming in. Caller, you're on the air. Make sure you mute your stream in the background, and then tell me your name. 
Uh, Frey and the boys. Frey and the boys, welcome back to the program, sir. How you doing tonight? Good, Zach. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for being here. Uh, go ahead. You've got the floor. Jennifer, God bless you. Thank you. So, uh, I have a little bit of experience with this also. My my first deployment, my I had a family plan. I was a single parent at the time. My son was about 15 years old. He got put into a, a boys' camp in South Dakota because my uh, immediate family couldn't take care of him anymore because he was too much of a problem child. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, when he got back, he told me some stories and stuff when he was comfortable, and I've never been able to get him to talk about things. But uh, he witnessed a, a lot of things when he was in that boys' camp. I got extended, so I was gone for... Uh, 22 months altogether. But uh, I think one of the major things that's helped him is he's been doing a lot of service work. Uh, he isolates a lot. He, don't, he doesn't like to talk to me very much about those sort of things, or at all, for that matter. I get to talk to him about three times a, a year if I'm lucky. But I was listening to your story, and I, I just couldn't help to be touched by it and the the things that you've gone through and the and where you're at right now it takes a lot of effort and a, a lot of strength to, to to be where you're at and god bless you I, I don't know how people have received you in the truther community have you been received pretty well much better than i ever would have thought um this community Honestly, it, it, I'm sorry, Zach, but the fact that somebody like you is willing to listen to me and talk to me and the people here are willing to listen to me and talk to me is honestly more than I ever could have expected or wanted or hoped for. And the fact that you guys are listening and fighting and doing what you can to expose this, I, I still question the, legitis- the legitimacy of my memories a lot. And the fact that you guys are here and listening is wonderful, and, and it scares the crap out of me at the same time, to be honest. Wow. Well, Jennifer... Have you felt Jesus in your life lately? Pardon? Have you felt Jesus in your life lately? Have I what in my life? I'm have, you, sorry? have you felt Jesus in your life? Do you have a relationship with God? Yes, what what people would interpret as God, yes. I, I'm not, um, I don't consign to a religion just because of how corrupt they are in the upper echelons. I don't want to put myself in another one of those. Yeah. But I, I definitely I do what a lot of people consider to be pray and talk to God and try to listen to God and all that. Well, you're a special person for coming forward like this. It's not easy. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your honesty and bravery. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. And I'll be honest, if it if I thought it was just me, I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing this. I, I would I would be keeping myself locked up in my room and just, you know, dealing with it, coping with it myself. But knowing that it's happening to so many other people, 
I, I can't. I, I can't stay silent. It's not for me. It's for them. Well, you're, you're, I think you're being guided. And service work is a freeing experience. And keep up. Drive for more experiences that you can share your story and do service work. Because that's what you're doing. It's service work. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you put the focus outside of yourself and try to be a source of hope and light and inspiration, uh, I mean, it it allows you to kind of move through the tragedy, kind of uh, surpass it in a way, you know, and then as a, a source of inspiration for somebody else to understand that it's not a death sentence, it's not the end of your life, you know, there are other people out there who have gone through what you've gone through, even though these things are so uniquely personal. I mean, nobody's been through the exact same situation, and if you haven't experienced abuse in one form or another, it's often so alien for people, I mean, to really conceptualize what that means. I mean, you can say the words, you can talk about this happening to someone or, you know, someone being a victim, somebody being a survivor. But when you are one of those things, it's a uniquely very different situation. So um, courage, courage is contagious, Jennifer, and your courage is going to drive other people. And I, I don't want to I got to change the tone a little bit and want to get funny a little bit. But uh, remember that old head and shoulders commercial? They told two friends, and they told two friends, and mm-hmm. so on, and so on, yep. and so on. <laughs> it's true. Well, that's what's happening. Things are blossoming in this movement. I don't know what else to say about it, but uh, I'm getting it from all different angles. My neighbors are all waking up, and people, I mean, anyways, Jennifer, thank you so much for, for being here, and I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go, Zach. Thank uh- you so much for having me. All right, Fran, the boys. Thank you very much for the call, brother. I appreciate it. And I see that. All right, God bless. God bless you too, bro. Uh, it looks like uh, a past guest of the program, Joshua Abraham, is out there in the chat. He is on the line. We've got Andre coming in next, and then we've got Josh's call right after that. As long as uh, your your number is the one that starts three one zero, because otherwise nobody else is on the line. Uh, Freight Awakening over on Rumble says, make sure you all hit the thumbs up, bigots. <laughs> as, as, jo- <laughs> as Joe Biden would say, if you don't hit thumbs up, then Trum, I can't even say this, Truman and Lewis are international pressure. <laughs> Praying for you, Jennifer. Uh, I have a great feeling that you're going to be fine. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're a good man, Fredo. I love you, bro. Uh, Andre, are you there? Yes, yes, I am. How are you, Zach? I'm doing so well. Welcome back to the program. You sound great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, to Jennifer. I'll keep it real brief. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for for being on the show and giving us your time and basically echo everything that Freya said. Uh, I know it's not easy, and like you said, the amount of people that go through this is is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just insane, and it breaks my heart every single um, like day. Every single time I think about it, it just sucks so much. But uh, all we can do is really fight. You know what I mean? Fight and try to I don't know, make it known and spread the word. And I I, bought, I actually uh, purchased the book today, Zach Blessed. I, uh, oh, right on! Cool. I, I was watching the stream earlier, and so yeah, I went in the link and got it. So I'm excited to read that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, you know, I, another aspect of this, Jennifer, that I think is so vitally important is 
the the exposure that's brought from talking about your experience and letting people know that they're not alone uh, is probably the most important aspect of helping to ensure that they don't continue to get away with it. You know, the reason that it was the idea of ritual abuse or or child trafficking, the reason it's derided is because they they have uh, they've minimized it and they've ridiculed it and they try to pretend like it doesn't happen. Like you know, you you have uh, uh, outlets like Media Matters who are going to write about this show and talk about crazy conspiracy theories about Hillary Clinton trafficking children in the basement of a pizza parlor. But that's not what we're fucking talking about. We're talking about a real life phenomenon, abuse institutionalized, abuse ritualized, the real life criminal actions of trafficking and abusing children. It's not a conspiracy theory, okay? It's a conspiracy because these people are doing this, operating largely in secret, but they're operating in a manner that allows them to get away with it because they control things. You know, it's Casey made an excellent point earlier. You've got these organizations that are corrupt. It's not every single person working at that organization, but there's certainly at least a couple of sociopaths and a couple of pedos who have set up the the very machine, the heart of whatever that is, so that they can get away with whatever sick shit they want to do, so that they can continue to victimize, so they can continue to capitalize on that suffering, you know, whether it's just financially or there is some sort of emotional capital that comes along with it. You know, I mean, these things are real. And 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 it doesn't matter how many articles get written about it saying that it's not true. I mean, the stories still come out. You still learn about giant busts of pedophiles. You still learn about families, unfortunately, that uh, pass that trauma and, and that hurt down to their children. You learn about uh, uh, shadowy organizations like the Finders, which were probably an operation inside the Central Intelligence Agency. I mean, pedophilia is the currency of the intelligence community. So, like, not surprised at all that your father was connected to McKinsey or that there was anything related to Nazis in the CIA involved in there. But we have to talk about it. We have to shine a light on it because otherwise they can keep pretending like it doesn't even exist. Right, exactly. And and I think, you know, even while, you know, of course, while we are shining light on it, they're going to claw tooth and nail desperately to try and keep it as suppressed as possible. But it, it really, really, I, I've never seen anything like it. They are losing their grip on in a whole different level that I, I'd never thought possible. It really is fascinating. I was just telling Jennifer before the show, this is my favorite part of the movie, basically, right here, because it seems like everything is collapsing. And uh, Andre, actually, now that, since we've got you on the phone, um, you know, I was talking about the situation in Texas all week at the border. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now we're at a position where it looks like Biden is likely going to attempt to federalize at least the Texas National Guard and maybe up to 25 other states because they have already committed to stand with Texas. Have have you guys I mean, I don't know how much you want to comment on it because I know you haven't separated yet, but is anybody? No. no, Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't mind. So I personally, I haven't heard anything. I mean, my time has been completely focused on uh, transitioning Mm -hmm. resumes, all that kind of stuff. So we haven't heard anything here. Um, uh, Marine Corps wise, but I have 19 days left. So even if there were stuff, I'm sure like I'm not really, I'm not at that level to hear stuff about that, but I'm sure like I I have commanders and stuff like that, that know what's going on right now. I just, 
like I said, I'm trying to fly under the radar and I don't mind participating in the show. And like, yeah, I, I love it. I love you guys. I love the chat. I love everybody. But I'm excited. I'm excited to do a face reveal one of these days. I'm going to call in, and you guys are going to all see me. And it's going to be it's going to be super cool. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. So you know, yeah, I just, there's I, there there's got to be there's got to be conversations going on. You know, probably people having it in secret because obviously it's a tenuous situation. Um, but you know, I mean, I was also saying to Jennifer before the show. I mean, we 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 expected the fight about the border to be. Just the border being left wide open. But if this is a symbol of the sovereignty of the American people, the states themselves standing in opposition to the criminality of a corrupt and illegitimate government, I mean, my God, I I can't think of a, a bigger red pill. Joe Biden forcing half of the country to literally say absolutely not, no more, enough is enough. And, um, we might be there. We might be about to witness this go down. I mean, I'm yeah, I, I got I got my eyes peeled wide for what's going to happen in the next week. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think, like you said, we're at, we're at a breaking point and yeah. we're, you know, it's it's like this is it. This is where, you know, the rubber meets the road, as people like to say. And so I, I would like to, you know, I like to believe that most people in general just globally are more good than evil. I think there's more good people than there are evil people. Yeah. It's just, it's always those, those groups, the evil people or, you know, the woke left and all that stuff that are the loudest. They speak the loudest. They, you know, they control the media and they control all this stuff. But I know personally, like everybody or at least 90% of military members that I've spoken to are for, you know, you know, they're America first or at least they, you know, even if they're not involved in politics in any way, they're they kind of understand they're basing it off of morals and what they've gone through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talk to people. I know people have grown up in rough neighborhoods. You meet all types of people, um, which is something that's really cool. I guess like the military is really interesting because at a level lower level, you have like all these different people and they're all together and they come from all different walks and lives and places. And it's just like racism and the weird, you know, I mean, they're still bad people everywhere you go but like that stuff is it's it's just so minimal and i think that's most of america really it's Mm. just they like to focus on on just uh crazy stuff or or try to like you said silence us and and the weirdest you know i I try to think about this too because people people like you jennifer and people like um um zach what was her name you had a guest she was um an older woman she was part of like mk ultra oh Dr. Oh gosh, hold on. I, um, this this was this was the show that they deleted my Twitter account for back in 2020. Um, hold on, hold on. I gotta I, I gotta look her up because if I don't find her name in my phone, then it's going to drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> Vector just commented. Uh, yeah, don't worry, Vector. I won't. <laughs> oh God, where is it? Okay. Wow. I I I don't know what her name is i can't remember her name i know that she's probably watching the show too and i feel terrible but there's been so many like thousands of people that i've interviewed at this point um if anybody can go back to uh october of 2020 on my channel and see it would be like one of the first videos that i did on rumble uh i don't okay and now i gotta now i gotta find it hold on i'm going to the uh end of my my content here 
Uh, real quick, Fredo asked if I was transitioning. Uh, yeah, I'm getting out. So I'm getting out in 19 days. Yes, so he's I'm not still becoming a woman. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Transitioning <laughs> out of the Marine Corps. Not, uh, all right. I see how that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to specify with Fredo. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He'll but that jump was very. On it if he's got the yep. chance. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, oh, God. I have done a lot of content <laughs> it's uh it's awe inspiring when i look back over this as a catalog of work um okay uh i guess i guess real quick uh ahead. zach while you're looking for that yes. I, I i'll finish with that that point i was trying to make which was like when, when people come out with these with these stories it's like what do, what does somebody have to gain from this you know what does somebody have to gain from from saying and being so specific, being in such you know detail and going over such obviously traumatic experiences. Yep. And when you think about it, it's like when you think of what somebody like that has to gain versus what somebody who's who works at the upper echelons of you know these three letter agencies or mm-hmm. CPS and all that stuff. Like it. I mean, just that when you stack that up and when you use a little bit of logical thinking. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, when like they have way more to gain off of silencing people like you, Jennifer, and people <clears throat> just in general who have been through all types of abuse and, and protecting the cleanse and protecting their wealth and protecting all this stuff. And it's it's just, it's sickening. It, it makes me upset. But one of these days, everybody's going to have to, you know, stand in front of whoever they believe in and answer for their sins. So. Absolutely. That's just just how it is. To your point, you know, I mean, they have everything to gain and Jennifer has everything to lose. I mean, obviously she came forward and they tried to take the most important thing from her, her child. Um, Okay. Dr. Juliet Engel. Dr. Juliet Engel. Yes. Okay. There we go. Yes. She is an MKUltra survivor and uh, she's had a couple of decades now to comb back through and put things together. She, uh, Jennifer, didn't... um, start having memories until like she was well into her adult years. I mean, she was a a doctor and I believe she was like in Russia at the time that it all started coming back. And, and so now she's act, she's actually part of a su- support group. Uh, if I'm not mistaken of people that were also part of MK ultra and ritually abused. So if you like, I can put you guys in touch after the show. Please, please, okay. I would appreciate that. Thank you. All right, excellent. I will. All right, Andre. But, uh, I'm gonna go uh, yeah, ahead. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, go I'll ahead. leave it at that. Uh, sorry, I wanted to keep it a little bit more brief than that. But Jennifer, thank you so much. I I'm gonna be praying for you and your family, and Zach, uh, you as well, and Lisa. Hi, how are you? I hope you're doing well. All right, guys. Uh, take it easy. All right, brother. We'll see you. Have a great night. God bless. All right. Um, two things. Poso for hope says, tell Jennifer to contact Insight Gino uh, on pilled.net. CPS is his field. Insight Gino is actually who put me in touch with Megan Walsh, and I'm sure that he would like to interview you, and I know that he would likely be able to offer some additional insistence. It's Insight, I-N-S-I-T, underscore Gino. You should be able to DM him, uh, because that's exactly how his screen name is on pilled, at Insight underscore Gino. Thank you. I got that. Okay, excellent. Uh, And then Fredo says, I just want to give a shout out to your wonderful fiance, Zach, giving real time updates on your dog's poops. (laughs) It's what we were all craving. Thank you, Lisa, for helping us through these tough times. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, okay. All right. And it looks like we've got Josh coming in next. Josh, are you there? Zach, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. You sound wonderful. Josh, it's good to hear from you. How you doing, man? Dude, I just, I love your Quagmire shirts that you, your, your Florida look is just so spot on, man. It's just so cool. It's on point. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been doing great, man. Like, it's been a while since we talked. Um, I've, it's been a while and I'm finally got back into my library. I'm going after the ancient Masonic secret I told you all about. I just got off nicotine after 25 years. And I quit all my prescription drugs. I'm completely sober with oh. no nicotine. Next up is caffeine. And, yeah, I'm going for the Masonic secret that I told you about the last time we talked. Man, I'm yeah. really going to go for it. Good for you, man. I'm proud yeah, to man. hear that. I'm not even off nicotine and caffeine. So I just hit six years of sobriety off of drugs and alcohol. But uh, my my two remaining vices, caffeine and nicotine. So good for you, man. Great, man. Congratulations, man. Yeah, I just, um, I got off the weed a couple years ago, but it's just like, I've been doing these interviews, man, about this Masonic secret I was shown and told. Mm -hmm. And these guys just, they, they just keep burying it. Like David Nino Rodriguez, he buried it. And all these guys from YouTube, it keeps getting them demonetized and they just keep burying it. So I'm just like, you know what? And I'm just noticing too many people are talking these days. So I'm just going to go after it and go get it, man. It's going to take a while, just like it took me about 10 years to infiltrate masonry up to the top. But however long it takes, I'm just going to go after it and get it, man. And I just love your guest that you have on tonight. I can't. That was that's so cool. I was just getting in bed, got my teeth all brushed. I was having a little dessert, and I pulled you up. And I just saw this amazing guest, and I had to write down a couple of questions and call in. Excellent, excellent. I appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you put together here. But Jennifer's right here, so you you've got the floor, buddy. Go ahead. Okay, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much for your courage, because these testimonies is what makes of researchers like me be able to understand the dark side. Like I have listened to so many SRA testimonies along with reading the satanic spell books and trying to really put the metaphysical understanding and nature behind all of this. And I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. And my first question is in your experience, did you come across any Freemasons? That is Hello? difficult to answer because I don't, it's not exactly like, um, I, I went up to somebody and I asked them, are you a Freemason? Um, and there wasn't I, like any overt, like Masonic rituals that were taking place at the time. Like, were you in a Masonic lodge? Were you in a Masonic lodge? Did you see like any Masonic regalia? Like, were you, did you notice that your experience that you were around any Masonic you know, people or environment or in their lodges themselves. In a lot of the flashbacks that I have right now, what they will do in a lot of the locations, not all of them, is they would remake the room a little bit. So they would have like cables across the ceiling and they would have tarps on the cables to kind of separate it into rooms and stuff like that. Or they would remake the inside of rooms to make them look a different a little different than what they actually looked um normally to camouflage um, the I, I guess yeah. um 
But um, the closest that I can really say it in any sort of uh, solidity in regards to Masonic um, anything is when I went to my brother's wedding, I um, spoke with the uncle who uh, arranged my adoption, and um, he um, he kind of came up to us, uh, shook my hand, uh, shook Scott's hand, and I remember specifically noting that he had a very strange handshake, and he had, and I didn't have the chance to really look at it the way I wanted to, but he had a, a ring that when he saw that I was looking at it, he like put his hands in his pocket and hid it from me. Mm. So that's yeah. that's the only yeah. direct um, Masonic <laughs> symbolism that I can recall, at least right now. And that's not so much recalling as it's as it happened a few years ago. Speculation, but it sounds pretty suspect. Yeah, it does, and I just—that's why I love the Bible so much. Because right there it says they they winketh with their eyes and they speaketh with their feet. And they do, yeah, they're just so filthy, bad. And yeah, it's just what you were saying earlier how they would separate the room with uh, cables and blankets and stuff like that. Like there's a real um, there's a real purpose to that in the spell books that I read in these Masonic book studies, like separating the room like that and putting up certain colors of blankets, whether they be purple, red, black, or blue, really keeps the vibration that they want. It, like, it depends on like the ritual they'll do. And by putting up and separating the room and boxing it in with certain blankets or walls with certain colors is really a really big prerequisite to what these people do as far as like satanic ritual wise. And it's really um, me being a hardcore Christian, you know, my brothers call me weird, but I am so extremely fascinated with the dark side and how they work because it makes me understand these experiences and what the, what the, you know, the mentality behind these evil acts. Cause what really trips me out is like these are like judges and cops and military officers and politicians. Like these are people that we grew up to trust and like put our faith into. And for them to get that into it, it really made me really want to, you know, understand like their mind process behind it because they just don't do this for kicks, guys. Like anyone who's listening, they don't do this for just for fun. Like there is a true religious dark purpose behind this and these people truly believe and what i've seen talking to these people is like they always say like yeah we do these like because when you go into masonry and you talk to these self-admitted luciferians like they call themselves pagans but when you talk to these self-admitted Luciferians, they always talk about one thing. Like, when you ask them, like, why do you do these things? Like, oh, the results. The results are everything. And that's, I was like, really, the results? Like, oh, yeah. Like, we got the cops. We can just pay off the cops so we never have to worry about them. And if we do these certain rituals, like this guy was telling me in Beverly Hills how he was trying to really close this business deal. And so he went to this ritual this one night and because of that ritual, he was able to attain the right vibration to just close that deal and even make more money than he expected. Like these people truly believe in the results of these rituals, like whether they be a death hex, a money spell, 
power spell, whatever. It's just like these people don't do this just for fun. Like these people are so organized and so structured and so like they pay off just the right people so they can do these things because they know the results are the reason why they do these things. There are returns for these things and people really need to understand that. Yeah. And um, my second question, my second question would be um, how many other shows or big networks have you reached out for to try to give your testimony to? Because I've talked to a few other people in your situation and what you've gone through and the the networks that these people get turned down by, like InfoWars, um, David Ike's show, um, Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie, these people get turned down all the time by these big networks, and it's astonishing. So I just wanted to ask you, have you reached out to other shows and big networks and have, have any turned you down, if any? And um, who's who's accepted your story and who hasn't? So we can, you know, follow you. And, like, I just want to know, like, who's turned you down, who's accepted you? I haven't really reached out to many networks. The only, um, the only quote-unquote major network that I reached out to uh, was a local station, WBAL Baltimore, which happens to be located right across from uh, the Child Protective Services building. So I went over oh, wow. there to try and get something done, but you know, of course, I didn't hear anything back from them. Um, I I actually initially reached out to Zach for um, I think it was advice. Um, I, I think the first time I reached out to him was just to thank him for everything he's doing in this fight and everything he's doing to expose everything, and and uh, he expressed interest in having me on the show. I didn't I didn't reach out to to come on his show. Um, so, but yeah, no, I don't think I've, I've called into quite frankly a couple of times, but I think that was, um, the main extent of me. And, um, I did attend, uh, I did come on to the, uh, the GART live stream when they did their, their private live, live stream. I did go on that. But other than that, I haven't really reached out to anybody. It's, it's mainly been people reaching out to me. Wow, that's a great. Well, I really, really hope that you get your story out there because people need to understand, like, you know, now that we have all these celebrities, you know, blowing the whistle, people need to understand that this satanic abuse is not just selling your soul for fame and fortune. There are literally millions of people out there who are trying to be heard. And recently what really disgusted me to my core this last year was going to see that movie, the sound of freedom. And then hearing literally all these testimonies from people from the Mormon and the Catholic church begging to be heard. But the people from the sound of freedom and especially Carlos Slim, who funded that movie, who was the guy who helped the, you know, the Clintons get 300 of those Haitian children off that mm. island and, and got busted. You know, Jim Caviezel and Tim, Tim uh, Ballard or whatever his name is, the main guy, like he comes, the main guy that did the story on comes from the Mormon church. And then Jim Caviezel comes from the Catholic church. And when that movie came out, there were thousands of SRA victims screaming to be heard that are victims of those two churches 
and they didn't do anything about it. And it was just really gross to see that. And I really hope that you spread your story far and wide and scream it from the hilltops because I can't imagine what you've gone through. I just feel so lucky and fortunate that I never had to go through that. I thank my lucky stars. And I really hope that you do reach out to these big networks like InfoWars and David Nino Rodriguez and Coast to Coast and these people let you have your story be told. Like, because people need to understand that this is not about just fame and fortune. Like, this is a religion. To the hardest cores and depths that I can possibly have people understand. Like this is a this is the mystery religion. This is the secret faith of the most trusted people that we have in our society. And now that we got a president in the White House that is the most prolific pedophile president, like all those, you know people that were getting help by the Trump administration, that's all gone. And we need to understand that, you know, there's a huge chance that they're going to steal this election again. And if there's four more years of this administration, we're seriously going to lose America's soul. And I really hope that you get your voice out there and be heard because, and I really hope that when you go to these networks, you know, put them on the spot. If they try to push you off for another guest that is like some, you know, politician, or if they try to, you know, scoot you over here a couple weeks later, you just, you really, you muster them up and be like, hey, you know, is SRA not that big of a deal to you? Put them on the spot because this is the most disturbing thing. And people really need to understand that SRA is more important to these Luciferians than money. SRA is Luciferic demonic power, and that's worth more than gold to these people. Mm-hmm. So when you go on these networks, you put them on the spot, and if they push you around or mess with you at all, you make sure that people know what they did because there's a lot of these guys out here who do who seem genuine, but they're not. They'll they'll push people like you aside for some little YouTube star or like some little social media influencer that doesn't do shit for the world. So don't you, you stand your ground and you make your voice be heard. And I thank you so much for having the courage doing what you're doing tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you, brother. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Uh, And then uh, Lisa had wanted to know what was the book that Josh's father wrote. It was called None Dare Call It Conspiracy. It's uh, a seminal piece of literature that if you haven't read it, you should definitely. And it's it's not like a huge, uh, uh, long book. But there was also a uh, follow-up to that that dealt with the uh, coming green agenda, which we're actually living through. We're living through both of these timelines right now at the exact same time. Uh, And then uh, Fredo says, uh, I hope the calls and chats have brightened your spirit, Jennifer. Uh, We all need to laugh in the face of adversity. And on that note, (laughs) do you think Corn Pop was a bad dude or a good guy saving kids from a pedo? I think it's the latter. I think Corn Pop was a good dude saving kids from pedophile Joe Biden. Any any thoughts? <laughs> At this point, I, I wouldn't put it past anything. Nothing surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And then also Frey and Boys uh, said, great guest, Zach. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing your story. And God bless. Um, Jennifer, we are approaching the end of our scheduled time. And uh, I have to be very honest. I I drank too much water and too much coffee. So I'm going to give you this opportunity to share your final thoughts with the audience. Um, Please tell everybody where they can find you. And also tell them what you would like for them to take away from our conversation tonight. Um, I guess the first thing I wanted to say is thank you, everybody who's here, who's fighting, who's aware of what's going on. Um, you are the reason why survivors can come forward. I, 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 you're saying that, you know, by speaking out is doing it. And it's not me. It's the way you are reacting. It's the way you are supporting. It's the way that you were here. So what you are doing now, listening to us and trying to help us in whatever way you can, whether it's just, you know, simple messages or, or, you know, kind words on social media, that helps us tremendously. And and thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I can be found on Twitter at CTSurvivor17, Truth Social at Jennifer Guskin, um, and my sub stack is also, uh, I believe it's Jennifer Guskin. All right. And it might all, be Jennifer dot Guskin. All, all, all three of them are linked in the description of the video. So you can follow along with Jennifer's case. You can reach out to her. You can follow her. I believe your DMs are open. Uh, so definitely make sure you follow her so that you can see how this is progressing. Um, I need to say thank you to a couple more people over here on the foxhole at pilled.net. Raising Kane, thank you very much for the can. Woke and walk says, great show, Zach, as ever. God bless, and especially your guest in God's healing grace. Uh, Then Sean Joe, thank you for the can. Esther G, so good to see Esther. She says, thank you, Jennifer and Zach. Big hugs. And, uh, oh, there was also... Uh, a comment from another SRA survivor in the chat from earlier, Night Commander's wife. She said, I am an SRA trafficking survivor. CPS also stole my son for speaking out. Most of all of this happened in upstate New York as well. And then she also said the director of the board of all national family court judges was Lisa Block Rodwin, New York. Family was from Germany, Project Paperclip, a friend of Oprah Winfrey and James Comey, and she is not a he. That's interesting. You guys have some overlap there in your stories. Uh, well, uh, Night Commander's Wife, if you want to send me an email, and if you'd like to get in touch with Jennifer, I can help you do that. Um, as I said uh, before, Jennifer, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Uh, thank you for having the courage to continue speaking out, and uh, do not hesitate to contact me if I can help you in any way in the future. And I hope that we stay in touch. Uh, To everybody at home, thank you for being here, and thank you very much for your warm reception. If you haven't yet, please hit the like button. Please help us out by sharing the show. Put it out there on your own social media accounts. And then, of course, you can follow me if you're not following me yet. I'm at RedPill78 on most anything. In Telegram, I have a an announcements channel, and that is the official RedPill78 channel. And then, of course, you can go to my website, redpill78news.com. You can send me a message through there, or you can reach me at my Proton Mail as well. Jennifer, thank you again. Everyone at home, good luck, and God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.